What's up, baby, and welcome to Refrag. I'm Drew Face, and this is my co-host. I'm Scooter, and we're gonna be bringing some uh, some fun stuff, and it's very down both of our alleys. And uh, yeah, I mean, Drew, just take it away. Let's get started. We'll be talking today about copyright issues. What up, Dark Zero, baby? Why did you steal the artwork? What the fuck is wrong with you guys? You guys thought you could get away with this in the internet age? How dare you? Recently on the Dark. Uh, zero nomad skins in rainbow six siege it turns out that the entire pose the subject matter were all stolen fucking stolen and this pisses me off the most because a lot of the siege community was saying that it's okay because the artwork's different that in principle no it's not it's actually completely stolen it's a samurai girl holding a fucking sword and it doesn't matter what art style you did. You plagiarize, and that's a problem. In comic books, this happens a lot. People get called off for this a lot. It's sacrilegious to copy a pose without licensing or asking the original artist for permission. And the worst part is, not only did they copy the... At least in comic books, they copy the pose, but they change the, the hero, superhero. And even then, it's illegal. It's bad. Like You can't do that in court either. This is worse. It's the same subject matter. So a samurai girl in a sailor suit or a high school girl with a samurai sword and they copied it from the anime, like original anime artist, samurai sword, anime high school girl. What the fuck? How, what do you think about this? Do you think this is actually plagiarism? I think it's fucking plagiarism. A hundred percent. But what do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's easily like, look, first of all, if you if you haven't seen the situation this is one of the rare times where we're going to put it on screen and if you're listening on spotify we'll uh leave a link in the description or you can just google it you'll be able to find it really easily but 100 percent. now there is you and i always talk about how uh people copying art and stuff and like you know sometimes uh imitation is the best you know it's the best compliment you can get people, yeah, it's a sincere form of flattery yeah flattery and uh, this could have been one of those situations where if the art was like, oh, that's a really good idea. And this guy is a talented artist, so he could have come up with his own spin on it. And that's okay. That's It's the same thing as if I go and make a YouTube video because I saw Ludwig do something really funny. And I go, oh, I, I can, you know, if I change this up and I change this up, it's actually a really, really good idea because what works sells. That's yes. why there's no unique ideas anymore. There's the occasional one, but very rarely. Very rarely. And with this situation, you know, even the pose could have, you could have gotten away with drawing your own. It's one for one. Like I'm showing in the GIF, or if you look it up, it's literally one for one. You the could pose scale is exactly it. the same. Yeah, the, the outline even is the, the exact same. The sword is exactly the same. The the character art style isn't the same, but that's you can't. That's it's still theft because the subject matter is the same, which is a samurai girl. It's yeah. like it's holding a samurai sword, and that's crazy. If it was like like a lightsaber, you can like not even you can't really get away with that either. Because yeah. like comic books has proven that even if you change the hero and the subject matter, you copy the pose, which is still a theft. So it's like there's a reason why people pay licensing fees, right? Like as a graphic designer, I have like a library of stock art as a video editor and chief of media you have a you have like a library of stock assets that you paid the license to but we pay a licensing fee every year to make sure that we can use this right and that licensing fee 
pays the artists who made it their hard work and that's why i think this is completely bullshit and i don't understand why the siege community is like mad that this skin is being taken up someone's work has been stolen and the situation hasn't been rectified which is why it's being taken off the store which is why the organization is talking about it they're like all right we're really sorry we did this there's a there's a lot of implications here that they can lose in the lawsuit if if the artist decides to go to court which they probably will because they win that money they win a lot of money and they don't just win like the money that they're old they win the potential money that that could have made and that's a lot of money and on top of that the lawyer fees man lawyer fees are lawyers are expensive good lawyers are so uh, and a really good example right like if the siege community is having a tough time understanding you know art and stealing art and when I say art, I don't mean physical drawings. I mean everything, music, art, videos, you name it, it's art. It's art. And music, music is the easiest way to understand this. If I go and remix your SoundCloud song, it's still yours because I'm using your song. Mm -hmm. I can't go make money from that without your permission. It's the same as this drawing. Just because it's being changed doesn't mean it's yours. Mm. And it's... A big misunderstanding especially in the the arts and entertainment scene that changing five to ten percent to fifteen percent of the image that's enough so you know i won't be plagiarized that's like getting an essay from your friend and changing the hypothesis and like just changing the wording on the opening paragraph it's still copied just because you mm -hmm. changed something it's still copied and it's one of those dumb things where it's like People are getting mad because people are supporting the artist. Okay, if I took your frag movie, you know, photoshopped my name onto every kill, which I can do because, mm -hmm. you know. And technically, I, you changed it 5%. Yeah, technically I changed it. So does that mean I can use it and say it's my frags and stuff? No. Just, and I don't know why anybody would look at art any differently. Like, I get it's a cool skin in the game. But also, you know, that guy, and it, it goes back to it. Like, this guy is obviously good at art enough to change the style completely. He has that skill. But, you know, he could have done something completely original. Like, there's nothing wrong with using it as a reference and being yeah. like, oh, yeah, I like that. I like this. I do it all the like, time in videos. Like, he, yo, all he had to do was change from her holding this, the samurai sword behind her back to her holding it frontwards, right? Yeah. But no. He he did he literally copied the same exact pose and the same size of the sword, which is even crazier. The same perspective of the sword. If he changed the perspective of the sword, maybe he could have gotten away with it. Right? But no, he didn't. It was the same angle, same perspective, same pose, same subject matter. It's like straight copying, dude. It's insane. And a big thing about this guy, and you know what? Like ever since I, I do follow him on Twitter, I did. Uh I've loved the stuff he's posted because he always posts really interesting siege skins. Yeah, it's great. Now, it's great. This leads to the question though, what's original? And that's the big thing. When you compromise your own art, your integrity is flawed now. And a big thing a lot of people are looking at, the first skin he made, and I'm not sure if you've seen it, Drew, the original DZ skin he made looks, and I always thought this, but you know, kind of maybe slipped past the community a little bit. It looks exactly like the M4A1S Hyperbeast CSO. Wow. And it's a little more, it, it's, it is changed, 
but the concept is still very similar and it opens that door of well is that copied too and I, I get it i get they haven't finished their investigation but it doesn't take much for me to know that you know you scale both those drawings up i can, i can almost guarantee you that that image is in his photoshop file yeah and he, he's traced it and you know what uh i i get it from an org point of view dz probably told him to shut up while they investigate and he's not allowed to make a tweet but yeah. i i would probably just go to D, dz and be like look i did it, I fucked up and I will make a tweet and just be like, you know what? I fucked up because if you come out now yeah, your integrity saved a little bit still, you're still going to be known as that guy, but he also deleted his Instagram. And that's rough. Like, here's the thing, right? Like it's okay to take inspiration. Inspiration is fine. His first skins, they they're passable because he didn't copy the hyper beast. He just took inspiration from me. Right. He was like, I like the colorway, which is cool, because like that's a very common colorway. Can't can't deny that. He's like, I like the art style, which is cool. Well, he changed it up quite a bit. It was a different subject matter in general. It was just had it just had a very similar color scheme, and it looked very similar to Hyperbeast, which is fine. Companies do that all the time. Nike did that. Nike's first shoe, the Cortez, is just a copy of another running shoe, exact copy, right? It's just that they altered it so much, the shape, the the logo, the colors that it's it's their own shoe, but. In this case, he took something that was live. He stole a pose, stole it. Not even, not even just like took inspiration from it. Like I said, he could have just done another pose, right? A similar pose instead of the back, maybe the front, right? It, it, it's it's a tough situation because like, look, the Parabellum SI jersey. I paid the license to have the stock art. It was a stock rose art, a uh, cherry blossom art. I pay. I paid the commercial license, which was like maybe like I think a hundred US or a hundred fifty. I gotta check the receipts for that, but I know that I can write it off for taxes. <laughs> so I mean, like yes, you can use like sometimes you use stock art and it fucking works because let's face it, cherry blossoms. There's no other. There's no uniqueness to them. Yeah, they, you they can't originalize cherry blossom. You can't originalize stars and stripes, right? Like you, there's some stuff that you just can't can't look and be like, whatever. But this is this is. And even the artwork is fantastic. It's just a co- like the pose, the sword, everything's just a copy of another one. It's just the art style is different, and that's just, that fucking sucks, man. And I mean, it sucks because he was like he didn't do his due diligence in like putting more, like basically more effort into it. Yeah, and I I get it in situations like that where you're kind of probably pushed for time, like we deal with Ubisoft personally, and I'm sure they don't get a lot of heads up when that skin is due. And you know maybe he was rushed for time. But uh, when we look at the Siege community, <laughs> it's just so tough because I see so many people complaining about it. And one thing a lot of people don't understand is the Siege community seems to think there's not a lot of uh, repercussions here. And there is. Like Drew and I said at the beginning, sure, they may not take it to court and they'll deal with it out of court, but there is a lot. And a really good example of this is the CSGO Howell situation. That's a famous case. The the most contra, famous contraband skin in esports and video games. Exactly. And so if you're not familiar, uh, back in 2014, the Huntsman case became a thing. Obviously, CSGO releases new cases every so often. And uh, originally, the M4A4 Hell was in there. Now, after being out for about a week and a half, um, it was brought to Valve's attention that they had been hit with a DMCA takedown. And what that is, is when just a company will send you 
essentially a letter saying, please stop using this or else we'll take action. And Valve said, whoa, like this is for the Howl. And it turned out the Howl, which I'll put on screen as well, uh, was copied and it mm -hmm. was taken from DeviantArt and modified the background and only the background so that it would fit on a gun on the M4. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it got the community saw it and the community loved it, but it wasn't their art. So it got into game and Valve, you know, obviously they don't didn't have that procedure to check that it was original and it made its way into the game. And so many people got it. It was a red skin. It was already expensive and Valve had to fix the art and make original art themselves. And it became contraband. They removed it from the case and anybody who had it already were the only people who had it. And now yeah. at the time it was like $200 because reds are all like covert skins are always expensive. Now for a stat track factory, new one, we're looking at around $13,000 US. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> dude, like valve, obviously they made the right action getting rid of it. But can we both know from being like art and art media entertainment there was no lawsuit officially that was a hundred percent handled between valve and the original artist outside of court and valve yeah. probably paid them all the money they made from that skin plus some more plus every probably a percentage of every sales ever made on the market well i mean most of the time lawsuits like that gets out of court uh, to well, they pay you a shit ton, shit ton. But they they the, how they break it down is, uh, if you have a good lawyer, the lawyer will argue that you the amount of potential sales you lost on from making that money has to be old, and then on top of that, the money that's already been made has is owed to you, and on top of that, a sorry fee, uh, basically a sorry fee, right? So it's like there's a lot like a lot of money like a lot of money be being involved to hush someone up. And most of the time you pay it because let's face it, a lawsuit is the fastest way a company can, can really go bankrupt. If yeah. it's a hundred percent definite way mandated, but wait to pay. Like you cannot avoid a lot. Like you cannot avoid paying a lawsuit. Unlike taxes, Charles the billionaires. And the, the big thing too, right? Val, okay. Valve wouldn't have probably gone bankrupt, but Valve definitely wouldn't have won that in court. And no. if it goes to court, one, they're spending all the lawyer fees, like Drew said, and they'll probably lose even more because a lawyer in court can push for a lot more. Yeah. Especially and if they're guarant almost guaranteed the win. Mm -hmm. And a DMCA is always a guarantee, almost a guaranteed win. Yeah. There's no dude. Uh, what was it? Even like Robin Thicke, uh, who's, whose name, who's child not like, he's not really famous anymore, but he made a song and his family was like, Hey, Robin Thicke caught like Marvin Gaye's family sued Robin Thicke because Robin Thicke, supposedly copied the rhythm Pharrell and Robin Thicke copied the rhythm of, of Marvin Gaye's song. The court was like, oh, you totally did. They have to pay it. Now Robin Thicke doesn't have a music career. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't have a community. It was Pharrell who produced the beat. <laughs> yeah. It, this it, is how Robin, Robin Thicke approved it. That's it. It was crazy, right? Yeah, and it's simple as that. Like, and with the Siege situation, like, Ubisoft will have to take action. Like, they'll probably whether they force DZ to make a new one with a new artist, I'm not sure. Or they may do a CSGO situation where it becomes unavailable and you know, whoever's got it has got it. So I'm not sure Ubisoft is going to be really, it's going to be really hard because obviously it's part of their R6 
uh, share program, which mm -hmm. gives a percentage to all the, the teams that have their own skin. Uh, Parabellum, hopefully soon. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, hopefully. But and yeah. I will make I will do my due diligence in paying the licensing fees. He, he will <laughs> if he if he even uses any, then you know. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's, I don't know. It's, a, it's it's a bad situation. I just, I just, I think the biggest problem, and I, I think the reason we even dedicated an episode to this is just to explain the severity of the situation. Because I don't know, like I'm very on the same boat as you, where looking at the siege community on Twitter and stuff is just like it. It blows my mind. We're in 2021, and people can't understand this in such a digital age that you know we're make we're all making YouTube videos, we're all streaming. And it's like if somebody stole your entire Twitch VOD, like yeah, it's yours. Like even if they slap it, like, and I actually saw this example on on uh, Twitter. I I'd credit them if I remember who. <laughs> credit people. <laughs> but, Crediting uh, people is really key. That's literally a big reason people get paid. But yeah, I, I can't yeah, remember so. who it is. So maybe I'll put it on screen because now I feel bad. We're talking about crediting. I can't even remember who it is. Um, but. They were talking about how, you know, it happens to Twitch streamers all the damn time. And people use their their clips and their funny moments in YouTube highlights, you know, top 10 funny moments on Twitch. They never ask the streamer. And for being an editor or a big streamer, I know even there's big companies, and I'm not going to say who, but I'm sure you can tell who, mm -hmm. that use the clips. Never come to me. I run the channel. I run the YouTube channel. I run all the socials and stuff and have never asked me for the clip. Now, we don't care enough because it's not worth the, the effort for a 30-second clip. But for smaller content creators and stuff and smaller artists, it is. When, when their clip goes viral in a YouTube video and that YouTube vi video is making like, I don't know, maybe it's got like 4 million views and it's only been out a week. And they've made like four grand off of your one clip because it's viral. But you're actually your your Twitch channel and your YouTube and your Twitter haven't grown at all because ah, I saw it in a compilation. Yeah. And uh, us as viewers have such short uh, attention spans. They're not going to go search for your channel because they like your content. It's just not how it works. No, they're, they'll they'll continually. And the worst part is YouTube will continually put their that channel that stole your that stole your content. They'll put it in the algorithm and it'll keep consistently showing up to those same viewers and they're not going to do because you're not going to de depend on the viewer to to really do their due diligence clearly not like they didn't do their due diligence when they bought that dz skin did they yeah no. exactly right so it's like it's 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 shitty it's just a spiral downward and then what happens this guy's profiting off your hard work and all he did was press record copy and paste Put it in Premiere, chop it up, upload. Right? Yeah. That's what that's what they did. They stole. Whereas you, the content creator, you sat there, you tried to make a moment happen. You finally made that moment happen, and now some asshole stole it from you. And that's basically this is the same situation, a very similar situation. Yeah, and, and that artist, like whether they know Siege or not, they you know it's stolen from them. That could have been their you know. Skin. I, I understand R6, I don't think, to my knowledge, does community-based skins, whereas Valve does. But who knows, maybe they were going to use it for a Valve skin. Mm -hmm. Maybe they are a CS fan. Maybe they were going to do it there. And one, that art will probably never be able to be used in a game because it'll always be known as the DZ skin. 
Mm -hmm. Even if it gets changed, it'll still be known as that. And the original artists, sure, they're going to get a good paycheck for, you know, their shit getting stolen. But that's it. That art is, you know, you can't, they probably can't do much with that art anymore because it's so controversy. It's got such, sorry, it's got such controversy around it. You can't even, like, you can't even put a wolf on a gun without it being called a howl. Like, yeah. Like in any in any video game. So it's like that's what happens, man. It's like, what do you do now? What happened? Your specialty was drawing samurai swords and stuff. Like now you're known as the now it's known as the DZ's stolen skin. Even if you're the original artist. Like it's you're right. So it's, it's a spiral down a terrible path. And it sucks. At the end of the day, like you know, someone thought they could get away with it and unfortunately they almost did yeah and speaking of a uh you know a spiraling down path and a fight they won't win uh leading us into the fighting community what's going on there this week drew oh man my twitter my twitter feed was hilarious this week right i've ceo had a hard cap and ceo's one of the biggest fighting game if not one of the biggest esports events where you could attend in person in the world right shout out to my homie jibaley and he had a hard cap. He had a hard cap because one, he didn't fucking know if the pandemic was going to ease up in America. Thankfully, the vaccine rollout in America is fantastic. So it's easing up. So he, he was doing hard caps until it was safe, right? It's a, from a TO perspective, this is how I saw it. My man sat there was like, I'm going to cap this tournament at like, what, 256. Why? Because like, that's the amount of people I can have to safely without like feeling too guilty. Because he is in Florida. They didn't really care about that. But, like, obviously, Jabali does. So, he was like, cool. For people's safety and for the logistics of my team to organize this tournament, I'm going to cap this tournament at 250, right? And then, recently, he upped the cap, right? Because he realized that the vaccine rollout in America is doing great. More people in the world is getting vaccinated, which means we're going to slowly start returning to a normal. And he was like, cool, I'm up the cap. And so, it turned into, like, the first time I see an FGC event turn into a sneaker like drop, right? People were waiting at 12 o'clock. Men who men and women who worked hard, people who worked fucking hard at nine to five, hard nine to five, or just an overnight shift. People were waiting for 12 o'clock. Why? Because they want to attend CO, one of the best events in esports, in my opinion. And so when the reg finally opened, all the slots filled up super quick as expected, right? Because people want to, people want to go see you. It's a great fucking event. It's the, one of the few fighting game events where you go to, you don't have to play fighting games competitively to enjoy. People want to go. And it's in December, which is a fucking great time in Florida, which is sunny time in winter. It's great. And so obviously some people missed out. Some of these people have the top smash players who think they have a privilege to get priority on an open bracket, a capped open bracket. And why? Because they slept till 1 p.m. They're like, oh, my God. I woke up and my life revolves around entering these tournaments, but I didn't do my due diligence in signing up because, I don't know, these guys who work in 9 to 5 managed to do and find the time to do something I'm supposed to be a professional at, which is playing fighting games professionally and making sure I register on time. Because why your life revolves around this tournament ecosystem? Why the fuck did you not like wake up in time to sign up to it? And I thought it was a, I thought it was crazy that people were talking about it because it was an open bracket system. 
right? And for a long time, the FGC has had a, a divide. They're like, well, we shouldn't have invitationals, even though we, there's enough room to have invitationals. But now that, like, people have to, like, wait in line to, like, reg, now people are complaining that wh- why didn't they get invited, right? Why didn't there slots reserved for them? So it's like, what the fuck do you want, FGC? And in my mind, I'm like, there's room for both. There's always been room for both. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, but now like the players who 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 didn't do their due diligence, didn't perform their responsibilities, didn't sign up in time. They're complaining that, yo, why is it capped? And then as a TO, I'm frustrated because I'm like, it's capped because they want to work out the work out the registration. They want to work out the logistics. They want to work out the safety. Dude, we're still in a pandemic. It's not over. There's something called the Delta variant. Now we're not going to derail it with a COVID grant, but like that's. You know, there's there's still a lot at stake. The world's not normal yet, so that's why he's slowly upping the cap, right? And unfortunately, he he he's been promoting the cap. He's like, hey, we're lifting the cap for like two weeks, I think, or a week. And he's like, hey, we lifted the cap, and now people who who rightfully signed up managed to get in. They got in, and then top players are complaining that these guys who are going zero and two, who managed to have fucking responsibilities and sign up on time, they're complaining that. Those guys are getting the slots instead of the top players because why? The top players stepped in. In an open bracket. I understand inviting an O2 scrub to an invitational. That's sacrilegious. Don't fucking do that. I want to see the best player at an invitational. Listen, open bracket. That dude earned his right by waiting, waiting like like in line, like a sneaker drop to sign up to CEO. He earned it. Unlike your fucking lazy ass who did not wake up in time to sign up for that tournament. Right, so I don't know. It, it, it frustrates me. If I it frustrates me because it's like, where's the entitlement? You think you press better buttons better than someone else that you're entitled to sign up to something that's an open bracket? Fuck you. I mean, a a big thing too, right? Is now I understand when I say this, uh, there's levels to it. But mm-hmm. if you're that good that you feel like you should have been invited anyway, or you normally would be invited to an invitational, you probably have. If you're not. If you're not under an org, it's slightly different. But you probably have a manager. Or if you're representing somebody, you could easily even or even pay somebody. Be like, Just yo, here's fifty right? bucks. I'm I like I'm terrible at waking up in the morning or waking up at night. Please, I'm gonna give you fifty bucks. I know you're up early or you're up late. Sign me up. And you yeah. pay them and or even your manager. If you are with an org, I don't know if anybody with an org is bitching because I'd hope an org has a manager and goes, the manager does that. Yeah, there is. Yep. Okay. So I can go up my rant even further then. If you're under an org and you're complaining about this, go bitch to your org, not to the TO. Your org, your manager should have been on top of that shit. As being in an org, the both of us, we know how the fuck that shit goes down. Players very rarely have shit to do with that. Dude, but the entitlement kills me. The entitlement kills me the most because it's like, look, I get it. You, You press buttons better than I can in my entire life. I might have to take a thousand years to be as good as you, right? I'm perfectly fine with that. But I can at least fucking wake up in time when Jabali says, hey, we're lifting the cap at 12 p.m. Eastern. Please wake up in time, right? Like, do that, right? For an open bracket. An invitational is completely different. I'd be having this like this this conversation with you uh, if it was, if we invited, like, me to an invitational with, like, Mango, Leffin and shit. I should not be there. Why the fuck am I there? Right? Yeah, I should be competing. But that's the difference well, between invites. Yeah. yeah, like I, I agree thing. with you. The, the the entitlement is stupid because 
if if Sorry. you're playing no just if you're if you're playing it kind of goes on with my earlier point like if you're playing at that level where you are under an org or you know you are you you're placing high in these tournaments there is first of all no reason that you shouldn't be dedicated to your job enough to go and fucking i understand the fgc has a really tough time when it comes to like prize pulling getting payment and stuff that's a whole different topic but if you if you like if that's your main thing that's your favorite hobby it's your job you should be doing the due diligence to actually go and do it and the fact that you missed out because of either your or your org's problem you think you should be there first of all one lose lose the ego second of all uh, you know like we were talking about there is a cap for safety it is still a pandemic but if it's all the way in december you need to think positively too that okay it's december the cap might go up and there might be another wave of slots then you have you have a chance to get to your org or hire somebody for one night for like 50 bucks to get you a slot it's not hard and the fact that they think they deserve it just blows my mind and and you know here's the devil's but here's the devil's advocate situation right a lot of these top players and like fans of them are arguing that like without the, the top player like there's no attraction no main attraction to to this tournament but my argument is everyone's important everybody in an open bracket system everybody's important the guy who goes on to the mid-level player the top player they're all important Right, it's just that when they have a hard cap like that and it's open, and and someone you know they did their due diligence, they woke up in time. They didn't wake up past noon. They set an alarm. They woke up in time. They managed to get in. That's fair. To, that should they should be rewarded for doing that, right? They should be rewarded for waking up in time and signing up. One one the org has has a you know the TO has said, hey, we communicated. There's a hard cap lifting. Please sign up on time right? yeah so it's like hey do your due diligence and i get it like the top player is an attraction no doubt about that i'm not arguing that i'm not arguing that at all that's why i love invitationals i want to see the best play all the time but under the circumstances of this tournament which historically has always been open bracket always been open bracket please don't feel entitled to a spot wake up wake the fuck up in time sign up do your job. If your life really depended on winning CEO, why didn't you sign up to the tournament like your life depended on it? Right? It's your livelihood, right? Yeah. What the fuck? And I understand. Maybe. And here's the worst part. I'm not speaking for all the top players that said it. There's a lot of top players that sign up on time. They're professional. They're true professionals. But there might have been a top player who did wake up in time, who signed up. And because of like how crazy the Smash GG system was, and how crowded it was, he didn't get didn't get registered in time. I feel bad for that guy because he did his due diligence, right? But hey, for that for that few top players who managed to somehow miss out uh, on on that, like it's still a pandemic. The, it, it'll be lifting. Like that that cap, I I hundred percent know it'll be lifting because America's doing a great job with their vaccination rollout, right? So it's like it'll be lifting. Just just wait. It'll happen, but for for that asshole who thinks they're entitled because they press buttons better than someone else, fuck you, bro. Like, there you have fans. Those fans, they go on two just to watch you play, right? And they enter the tournament just to get a chance to play with you. Yeah, don't disrespect those guys because they're they're just as important to a community as you, 
The guy who thinks he's a god at pressing buttons. And so fuck you. And a big thing of those events, right? Like how you were saying, you know, people, oh, if the big names aren't there. And it's like, okay, like you said, I get it. That's what the invitationals are for, though. But yeah. at the same time, the event has built, built its own brand and stuff that regardless of who's there, it's still going to, one, bring the community. If they're allowed a crowd, the crowd is still going to come because there's going to be events and stuff. No, hold on, screw it, screw it. Let me tell you what CEO stands for. Community Effort Orlando. And the community won exactly. when they signed up. And it's fucking amazing. It just blows my mind when it comes to stuff like, you know, and I actually do want to quickly touch on the other thing. I do feel bad for the pro players that did try sign up, like we were saying, that did do their due yeah. diligence. That suck. That really does suck. But that I pray that you get in the next wave because I'm almost certain with the how fast America's doing it, if it's all the way in December, it'll be... It, it'll they'll bump it like it'll how many players it. is it normally uh it's uncapped sometimes it gets to like a thousand oh okay like, so yeah. yeah it's fucking crazy right yeah. ceo's the biggest ceo and combo breaker have the biggest in-person attendance for esports events in my opinion like uh and from my understanding like they, they get so many they get thousands and thousands of people like ten thousand over a, one two million steps a weekend like just just people walking through and just enjoying the event so yeah, normally they're trying to get back to those numbers where it's like almost uncapped and things are great, right? But like right now they have to have a hard cap, and I want and I want people to understand the hard cap is there for your safety and for the team to work the logistics and for seeding because Jabali hand seeds his team hand seeds every seed, and it's really important in Smash seeding, right? Well, seeding is imp important in general, but like the Smash players are very vocal about seeding, so it's like yeah, like just. Look, it's he's gonna up the cap for sure. Like, yeah. America's vaccine rollout is fantastic compared to like other nations. So it's like that's fine. And I feel bad for the top player who did wake up in time, who just managed to fall with the bag, who told their org they both were trying to sign up, and for some reason Smash locked them out. I feel bad for that guy because he did his due diligence. But for the p person who feels entitled to a spot in an open bracket system, yeah, I don't. You gotta check yourself, dude, because like. Those guys who go on too, they're the reason why your bills get paid. Yeah. They're the reason why everybody's bills get paid. And you're also a reason why the bills get paid because you're an attraction. But understand that's a two-way street. It's not a one-way street. It's not like I'm so good at buttons, people love me. No, no one, no one loves you. You press buttons, right? No one loves you without these tournaments, without those all and two guys, like admiring to strive to become you, right? So that's 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 my message. And that's that's actually a really good segue to because I, I I want to actually go back to that and touch on that. Um, the people complaining about that it, it's it's horrible because one, if you're gonna complain that much, like you said, a lot of those O and two players are gonna be your fans and they're looking mm. up to you and they want to be you. And you know, like you said, they're paying all these this money. They might even be coming from like the butt fuck north of Canada, and they're coming all the way down to Florida to meet you because they want to. For a chance, not, for, not yeah, just to like... For a chance to play against you, play, a chance to just shake your fucking hand one time, and you're going to sit there and call them Owen Tours just because they got into an open bracket? Like, fuck you. That's, it just doesn't yeah. make sense. Like, I get it. It's annoying. It's frustrating when you can't get into a tournament. If you play video games, even remotely competitive, sometimes everybody's been there. Even if it's like maybe 16 teams maximum for like a CSGO event at Waves. I've been there. Tried to sign up, couldn't get in. Luckily, got a spot anyway. But yeah. it's one of those things. I didn't complain about it. 
So the same way, you shouldn't complain about it. Cap will be lifted. We all know it. Like I could almost guarantee you the, you know, the leads of that event are going to say, like, if you ask them under the table, obviously they're not going to say it on socials because they don't want to put anything to hold them against it. If you ask them personally, they'd probably be like, yeah, we want to raise it. We just need to wait for more information because I can guarantee you people travel for that event and they don't want to limit, you know, they, they want to keep it a limit for also people like Canadians who maybe, you know, can't travel down. And it's like, well, you know, we don't want to prompt, like, we don't want to try and get them to come. They spend money and then they actually can't go. Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. It's just, it's a tough situation because, like, I know that the, all TOs want want events back, but they want it back to make they want it back in a safe environment where people don't fucking die, right? Of COVID, where people are mostly vaccinated and can survive the strain. Like that's people want that, man. People, yo, you don't think Japan would would love to have an uncapped event where tens of thousands, fifteen, twenty thousand people are walking around through his events and he's smiling, doing the debated face giving people photos and selfies for them. He wants that to happen, right? But he's got he's got to put your safety first over his profits. Because at the end of the day, he's a community leader and member too, and he cares. And yeah, it, it, it breaks my heart because like some people forget where they come from, right? Everyone starts out, oh, dude, don't... It, 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 I, I'm so sad to see that discourse happen in general. Like there's no like empathy or like nuance or even like like some 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 type of critical thinking saying, ah, oh, shit, I didn't do my due diligence to register for this open bracket. I'm stuck in my jammies at 2 p.m. Oh, registration was at lunchtime. Fuck. My livelihood depends on this. Ah, oh, fuck, I didn't do it. I didn't set the alarm. I already slept through the alarm. Man, fuck. Fuck that. It's just... Yeah. You know, and I will say, you know what we do have empathy for? The end of this episode. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Hit him, Scooter. So that's going to be it from us. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the Refrag TV. And if you want to follow us on Spotify, subscribe, subscribe on YouTube, thumbs up the video, share it with friends. You know, we talk about all types of topics from FGC all the way to probably Roblox at some point in our. Roblox my shit. <laughs> Roblox my shit. But that's going to be it from us. And we'll see you on Friday. I'm gonna do a hundred and 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 do a hund